Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, told, told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? Welcome gang? to the broadcast. Simon Arias here. Get ready. It's a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Got Big Perm in the house. What's up, brother? Got the biggest biceps in the game in the house. We got Michael Vasu in the house from H-Town, Houston. Look at them guns, brother. Look at that. And uh, for, for you know many of you know Mike, but for those of you that don't know Mike, uh, he's super successful uh, in our business. Um, has crushed many company records and probably sits in a, in a position of, of probably less than 20 people in the history of uh, our company's 70 plus years have been, been able to accomplish what he's accomplished and he's only in his 30s. Yeah. Um, and you're getting better looking by the year. You know, I can honestly tell you that, you know, you look better today than you did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because my man was, you were getting big, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're already big, but you were, you, you are an inspiration brother, because now when I'm, when yeah, I used to think I was half decent looking, yeah. I could dress yeah. when I'm with you, no oh. one looks at me. <laughs> no one looks at me. Everybody looks at everybody looks at you, you bro. And and uh but he he turned down a full scholarship to law school uh because he and I started here about the same time. I started in December of 2005. Vasu would come in in 2006, January 2006 and I remember being introduced uh to him and then we would develop a relationship through the grind. Mm -hmm. You know, anybody that Anybody that goes through the grind with you, whether it is playing college football where you go to camp or you go to battle together or friends that I know that were in the military, when somebody goes through the grind with you, that bond gets yep. gets stronger. Like me and you yep. went through the grind sure. together. Our yep. bond, it, it, my bond with him got stronger. And, and I remember, Mike, I remember you telling me, talking to me about, I don't know what to do, but... You know, my mom's probably going to kill me. I, I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm supposed to stay here or go to law school. And he decided to stay here, turn down a full scholarship to law school when his parents uh, were not uh, uh, privileged. They they were hard workers. They were they were uh, first generation uh, mm -hmm. to this. Uh, company immigrants or to this country immigrants, and and then they raise a son. And he gets a full scholarship to law school and he says, no, mom and dad, mm. I'm going to take a straight commission job in the life insurance no industry. <laughs> okay. Probably not real popular. And, and, and he comes in and, and, and would end up exploding this, this uh, business with me. And then uh, we would develop a relationship. And uh, so Mike, why don't you tell uh, people out there because it's so it's so inspiring to me tell us a little bit about your upbringing and and your mom and dad and and kind of you know tell the story for me thanks simon yeah so i think um you know if i think back to my life and i think you've got to know the history of the person like you know when people get to really know your story simon it puts things in context of what you've done you know with your life and so I think it's always important to have some history and context. And, you know, when you grow up in an immigrant family, like I did, that, that becomes very central to who you are because, you know, uh, I was born here. You were born here. Perm was born here. Every, we were all born here, but my parents could have chosen to go live anywhere. 
And of all the places in the world, they chose to come to the United States. And that was really born out of, uh, you know, my dad, when he was younger, he didn't didn't want to live in a communist country. He didn't want to raise his kids in a communist country. He wanted there to be freedom and opportunity. And he knew that the United States of America was absolutely the best place that you could do that. And so I always joke around, but it's the truth. You know, when I was growing up, my parents would say, Mike, you know, land of opportunity, sky's the limit. You can do and be anything you want in the United States of America. And then they would say, as long as it's a doctor or a lawyer, we're good with it. You know? Yeah. And and so they kind of gave me this decision between those two. And so I really thought that it would be easier to become a lawyer than a doctor. It was less school, which I, I like that. And it just seemed like science and all that kind of stuff was a lot harder for me than than understanding laws, you know? So I thought I was gonna go to law school, but after I finished graduate school, I came to American Income because, you know, Nick Zangardi, who was our, our MGA, uh, Nick was in the business. He was one of my best friends. We grew up together, like literally probably the best guy, you know, you, you'll ever meet. I mean, just like an angel, you know, and Nick was doing really well. And I was surprised because he's not really a business guy. He's not a sales guy. And so he was doing really well. And he told me how much he loved it. And uh, so I gave it a shot. I said, I'll do it for about seven months, get my feet wet in business. Mm-hmm. And after about seven months, um, you know, I decided to give up a full scholarship to the only law school I applied to to stay with American income. And like Simon said, it wasn't a popular decision. I thought my mom was going to kill me. But now years later, you know, she talks about what I do like it was her idea. So, you know, it's funny how the tables can get turned, but I think it's, it's really important. I learned some valuable lessons at that time. I learned that just because someone loves you and cares about you doesn't necessarily mean they're going to give you the best advice about how you should live your life. life. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, they reflect their aspirations. So my parents who were blue collar people, you know, my mom warehouse worker, my dad steel workers union, you know, growing up in that type of an environment, all they wanted for their kids was for us to not have to be in that environment. So their way out to them was school and having a, what they consider to be a professional career, you know, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's just funny to, at that time, you know, if my mom and my dad, my dad was kind of, cool with whatever, but my mom was real hard still, you know, on me at that time. I think if she would have been super supportive, I don't think I would have done as well because I felt a sense like I had to prove to her I was playing with the chip on my shoulder. I had to show her that it was the right move. And so I was willing to sacrifice more, spend more time in the business because I did want my parents to be proud of me. And uh, I knew that this was going to be a way to get there. And I've been blown away now. You know, it's amazing to think, Simon, that, you know, it's been 14 and a half, getting, coming, coming close to 15 years that we've been in this business. Boom, 15. And how, how much we've grown. Flew by. Uh, the relationships we have. I mean, you know, I'm getting married soon and I'm looking at my wedding party and it's like 80%, 90% American income life people. Yeah. Crazy. It becomes like a family. It does. It does, man. I think, you know, I think, um, you know, that it, it all goes back to that whole aspect of you know show me your friends i'll show you your future you know that's 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 part of it birds of a feather flock together and then and then the other the other part of it is to really to really be uh the greatest in something and this is what people don't really want to admit or don't talk about enough the non-glorious grind is if you're really gonna to 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 do something big Mm -hmm. next level big Mm -hmm. the like one percent big for your life you're going to have to work so hard. You're going to have to invest so much time that you don't really have time to 
BS around and party and go to clubs right. if you're going right. to build something and all this. Sure. You, you end up your friends and in, in, in extended family become those that you spend the most of your time with. Right. And the people that you're spending the most of your time with is people that you're grinding with all building and chasing a dream. Yep. And, the, and that's 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 what happens. Vasu, good yes. morning to you. I want to see your cup that you showed me a little bit ago. Show me your, oh, yes. yeah, your cup, cup of my, Joe. My yeah. daughter got me. <clears throat> I love good that, man, man. Great dad. It's crazy. I love that. There's like nothing to, as a parent, you no. know, and we're all, we all got kids. There, there's nothing better than children, man. You know, it, it, it reflects the innocence Amen. of the world. I mean, having the opportunity to raise <laughs> children is there's nothing like it. When they can get to an age where they start making decisions and wanting to do stuff for you. Yeah. It's like next level. You know, it just sure. gets better every year. For sure. I just got my cup too today. I'm gonna fill it up for you real quick. Where did this? <laughs> yeah. hey, it's crazy that you. you know, just, just give me a moment, Basu. Just let me fill this up real fast. Bob. What, man, yeah. Javani, really you didn't tell me oh. this dude had yeah. this. He had to smuggle this over here, oh, which yeah. you knew about this. Oh yeah. That this is funny. This is Listen. perfect for you, Perm. Oh, yeah, right. The right normal up. size, right, for you. So I mean, how did your swag come about, man? I mean, since you, since ever since I've known you, since I've got introduced to you, you mean. Your swag is like crazy. Like you're a great dude. Where'd you get that from? Are you, you're talking about just my just personality? You. Yeah, just just you being you. So I don't, I don't think I've ever talked about this too much. Yeah, you know, I, I think this, it's a it's a great question because you know I think it's a good story for people to hear. You know when I when I first like went to kindergarten and first grade and second grade. Mm -hmm. I was really kind of an outcast. I mean, I went to kindergarten. I didn't speak English. You know, I only spoke Romanian. I mean, I knew some words, but I couldn't put a sentence together. Right. And so needless to say, I was like a, a really weird kid. Uh -huh. You know, uh, pe people, it's not like my classmates attracted to me. They were like, it was kind of weird. Right. You know, growing up and going at that time, I was in Cleveland public schools and I was like an outcast. Right. You know, I mean, I didn't speak the language. And so um, as I got a little bit older, uh, you know, what, what, what ended up happening was that I found out number one, that if I could make people laugh, mm. it would take the focus off of kind of them, you know, yep. giving me some crap, which is Hard what time. would happen yep. you know, when I was yep. younger. And, uh, and, and then, and then what, what I learned was that a couple older people that I went to school with kind of, maybe they felt bad for me cause I was getting picked on, you know, when I was really young, but they kind of took me under their wing a little bit. And uh, I remember how good that felt to have that that kind of protection, you know, from someone that mm -hmm. was older. And so as I kind of hung out, as I became older and I started to get a better sense of myself, my own my own personal, uh, you know, sense of security. Right. As I got a little bit older, I liked to play that role as well for younger people. Like if I would see an outcast in school, I'd go sit next to that person, have a conversation with yeah. them. Um, and, and I just became really secure in myself and it was born out of someone else kind of raising me up, someone giving me wings when I didn't think I had them. And so that kind of really inspired me for the rest of my life. And I've, I've wanted to give that to people because I'll never forget what that right. feeling was like. You got jet fuel, not wings yes, anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You got yep. jet fuel. How is yep. it? How is it? Uh, of course you live in Texas, traveling back forth, back, back and forth to see your daughter. How is yep. that? Like how, like how hard is that to do being and being a business owner and do what you do? Yeah. It's been challenging because, you know, every month, you know, I, I'm, I'm basically, it ends up being about an average of about a, a week, a month, you know, seven, seven days or so of travel. And uh, it is, a, it is a huge challenge. Uh, there's no doubt about it. 
It's one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do on multiple levels. But, you know, I always kind of live by the motto that sacrifice creates opportunity. It's, it's my personal motto. It's the way that I've always looked at life. And so what I try to do is I try to take the emotion out of the work element of it. Mm -hmm. And I more so attach emotion to the vision of what I'm trying to accomplish and achieve. And wow. it makes it so easy for Can me to you make say that again, because yeah. we got to make sure that this is what you just got done saying people understood clearly. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I try not to attach emotion to the work that's got to be done to the sacrifice that has to be made. But I more so attach emotion to the opportunity to the vision of what I'm trying to achieve. Because the work, you know, I guess what, you know, and you guys know this, nobody likes the work part. You know, it yeah. seems fun to do a podcast. It seems fun to have all this stuff up and but that's a process that takes years oh. to develop. And it's a lot of work, but then you get to enjoy it. You know, you get to do what you love to do. And so for me, it's a non-negotiable. I have to have a great relationship with my daughter. And, you know, I'll tell you that my biggest inspiration for that uh, uh, Simon, you know, was Marcus is the way that Marcus as committed of a father as he is, uh, inspired me to say, you know what? No excuses. If he can do what he does, then I can certainly jump on an airplane, you know, for a couple hours every other weekend to go spend those, that time with my daughter, because I'll never get that time back. Right. And I'm sure she'll get to an age when you know, she's 15, 16, 17 years old. And she'll say, dad, you don't have to come back every other weekend. You know, I got friends and I want to do stuff on the weekends. And I'll have to understand that'll probably be pretty tough. I've been thinking about that day for a long time. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when I think about the, 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 it's so priceless to have a relationship with people. And, you know, as you get older, you really understand friendships, family. I mean, these are irreplaceable. There's no amount of, you know, most things, there's a certain amount of money. Like, I love what I do at American Income, but for the right amount of money, I probably would leave my job. Boom, boom. There's no amount of money that I would take for me to lose my relationship with my daughter. It would never, it would never, there's no price that you could, there's, it would never, I would never sell myself out that way. Right. Now talking about relationships, how did yep. you and this uh, guy, Mr. Arias, how, like, how'd you guys meet? Where'd you guys meet at? How'd you guys come to talk to each other? Yeah. How'd that work out? So I knew about Simon before he knew about me for sure, because uh, I was really good friends with Nick and I knew at that time I was going to get into the business and Simon came out and he did he grew amazing right away, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he was making an instant impact. And I remember actually being at Nick's house, Simon, one time, and this was before you and I even got a chance to meet. And you asked him, it was, you did a walkout close in a house and you <laughs> called him to get a couple tips of advice before you went back into that house. This was like December of 2005. This is like right after you got released. And, uh, and I remember, and he, he's like, Simon, and Mark, you know, Nick goes, Simon is going to be, this guy's going to be an animal. And so, of course, I was interested. I couldn't wait yeah. to meet him, you know. <laughs> and um, and so I remember that uh, we, we met and I don't know if it was Marcus or Nick. They said something smart like, you know, Vasu's going to catch you or something. And yeah. Simon said to me, he goes, um, well, you know, I'm like Deion Sanders. Uh, and, and, and that was a reference to the combine when uh, Deion Sanders went to ask him, like, how, how fast do you think you're going to run the 40? And his response was at least a tenth of a second faster than anybody else. You know, he didn't put a time on it. He just right. knew he was going to win. Right. So uh, and, and I, so I liked him right away because he said that. And I said, I like this guy. And so we had the opportunity, you know, really to become close early on. And, you know, at that time, Marcus was just establishing himself as an SGA. And I think we both really admired his youth, his youthfulness. And we wanted to be in his circle. And to be in Marcus's circle is like that's like a, 
a, a very fiery place to be at yeah. times. It's Amen. not for everybody. Amen. Right? So you got to take some hard coaching. Especially and, 14 years ago, 15 years right. ago. Right. Yeah, it was it, rough. Without a doubt. So, you know, we found ourselves kind of in similar situations and then we ended up road tripping together. You know, at that time it was not how it is now. We can do virtual and be on Zoom. You guys were on road trips? We were on road trips. Oh, wow. Yeah, to, 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 you know, I mean, just in the sticks in Ohio. <laughs> My favorite wow. spot, Eurexville. <laughs> yep. yep. You know what I mean? That's New right. Philadelphia, Denison. We used, to hit, right. we used to hit that area together. We would hit the road, you know, we would hit the road on, on Tuesday and be gone till Saturday and every week. That's what we did for months. And that's where we really cut our teeth in the business because, you know, there was nothing else to do at that Best Western. You know, I mean, the only thing you could do is get up and go to work and yeah. you learn work ethic. And, you know, when you're with someone and, and, and the more success you have in your life, and I'm, I wouldn't consider myself to be successful, but the more success you have, the more you realize how hard it is to be successful. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like, only the people that are haters are either right. They have a reason to hate the, like the person's unethical or they do something shady or something like that. Right. Maybe they have some truth to it, but generally speaking, people that are haters are people that are just not successful enough because they've never applied themselves oh. to the level that you need to, to achieve success. Cause if you do, you know how hard it is. How mm -hmm. could you have anything but admiration for someone that gets up and goes to work every day? Like I was thinking about how ridiculous yeah. it would be. You respect like, the game too much. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you exactly. know what it takes. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, you guys so are like rappers, man. Little, little, th little things, you know, little things like, you know, I have people all the time, you know, I run a business and Simon, you do too. But like in our business, I have people all the time like, oh, I overslept. I overdid this. Like, could you imagine someone being like, oh, I had a meeting with Jim Serace, but he overslept. No, never, no, never ever. There's, that's not possible. No. So it's really the little things, <laughs> yes. you know, doing the little things right. And when you see someone doing the little things right, you know that they're not doing it for accolades. This was pre-real social media. I mean, Simon got came real late to the game in social media. But yeah. this was pre social media. Didn't want I hated social media, remember? Part of this. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah didn't but listen, that. so like we'd get up in the morning and this guy's ready to go to work. And it wasn't because he wanted to post it with the selfie that he was going to work. Right. He was going to work. Right. And he did this every single day. And so you know, I, I was raised with a similar work ethic. My dad was working two and three jobs. My dad wasn't yeah. around hanging out and all that kind of stuff. You know, he was at work. And what I was raised to believe was that men go to work and they don't complain about it. They appreciate the opportunity to be able to work and provide for their family. Yep. That's why I love that SEO. You know, yes. sacrifice creates opportunity. It's very simply put way to explain to somebody how they need to get to where they want to go. Because if you show me somebody great in something or they have a great opportunity, I'll show you someone that sacrificed in order to create that opportunity either for themselves or their parents did it. Just like we're trying to do it as parents for for our children. You know, and, and I think if if somebody were to look at what you have uh, been willing to do in order to have uh, the ability to create opportunity for others uh, in the in, in a sense of employment and in your family and your your children and and uh, we'll even get into the next phase that's getting ready to happen. But you know your your what you've sacrificed, most people wouldn't be willing to sacrifice or they would make an excuse about. You know, going mm -hmm. home and and what I've learned, you know, I'm not in the situation of you know only coming home every other weekend, but I do hit the road sometimes for a few days. You know, with perm and I know that I put in a lot of hours still, and I don't have to, you know, hopefully I don't demotivate people that 
want to live the dream and they're like, well, what's the sense of putting in the work because you never get a chance to enjoy it. Believe me, we enjoy it. Believe me, Natalie enjoys it. And, and, and the family enjoys it. And, but what I enjoy doing is, is, is working. And I enjoy that because there's, there's a chip on my shoulder that I still have to try to play for other kids that are uh, inner city youth that I want to provide for. There's, there's other people in my organization that came here because of them believing that I could put their life in a better place. And I need to grind for that every single day to make those people's belief in me validated. And so I'm not cool with not putting in the work. So it leaves me at a spot where I do get time with my kids. I'm there and we we have a bond, but I just know it's probably not at the level of the people that get off of work at four or five o'clock all the time. And when I do, I know that our time that I have with the kids is so, so quality that I can feel us getting closer, maybe even than if I were to take that time for granted because I'm there all the time because we have this quality bonding relationship that uh, I'm proud of when I'm out with the kids. And I I know you got that bond, you know, with your daughter as well. And I think sometimes people with good hearts that want to be parents, you know, they're like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, do what's required to be successful here in this because I don't want to neglect uh, you know, the, the, the child and everybody's situation is different. I know, you know, not everybody's life is the same or motivations are the same, but I know your mom and dad sacrificed to give you a better opportunity. I know my mom and grandmother sacrificed to give me a better opportunity and shame on me to not do the same thing for the next generation coming, you know, after me, is that, you know, how you would describe, you know, one of my favorite sayings that's not my own that I reference all the time that sacrifice creates opportunity no matter what it is. Yeah. You got to get, you got to give something up. You know, it's a trade-off. And what I always tell people is that if you really want to be successful, this pursuit of balance is a, it's a very broken pursuit. Uh, It's very difficult to have balance. If you want to achieve greatness, you can have boundaries though. You can say during these hours, I have positioned myself by being responsible and making good decisions. And I'm going to set this time aside to spend with my children focused because most people say they need more time with their, their kids. And it's like, stick the kid in front of the TV and then come back two hours later to check on them. That's not really spending time with your kids. And what I always try to remind people, and I just use really simple math. There's 168 hours in a week. Okay. If you sleep seven hours a night, we'll call it 50 hours a week. Okay. That leaves 118 hours. I mean, if you work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, that's 84 hours. You, you still have, you know, at, at, you still have 34 hours. That's if you work nine to nine, seven days a week. Nobody does that, Simon. You know, as hard as we've worked, we didn't work nine to nine every single day. Right. So when people say they don't have, you got 34 hours in those 34 hours. That's it. You're not sleeping and you're not working. Right. You don't have time to spend with your kids in 34 hours. You don't have time to go to the gym in 34 hours. You know, it's ridiculous. It's just, you know, so I just show people math. Yep. Truth, man. Yeah, like this business right here that that, that we got here that you guys, it's, it's like being a rapper. You know, they see the all, all the cars, the rims, right. but, but they don't see the work that it takes to do that. You know what I mean? It just, it's a lot of work like you guys do. A lot of work. I wonder what, 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 what Vasu's rap name would be, Perm. What would you? Oh, man. Off the cuff. What I don't you know. Think, I, mean, I, mean, you, I, I mean, you dress fly. That's for sure. <laughs> I like you only cat I know 
that you got. It's like your if you if you watch your shoes and your leg, you don't wear socks. I mean, you do, but <laughs> but you got that little gap in between that you and, and only I know that you can pull that off, dog. <laughs> I mean, you look fly. I'm talking fly to motherfucker with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, what what would your rap name be? I don't know what what would you call yourself, Vasu? Uh, if if you had one, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know what I I know you got a I know you got a super tight tight fade right now, and you just stay polished like you just you stepped always out do, of, bro. Stepped out of the GQ always magazine clean. over there, brother. I always know that. clean. Always MCSCO. It would have to be something oh. like that, you know. I like it. You v- should show v- these people. You guys, you, you should show these people the 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 pager. Oh, you remember you remember the pager? I used to sucker uh, you into doing in front of everybody. We, yeah. me and Marcus, we love seeing him do that. You know the the pager. I mean, if, that? if you can see, he just you know he shakes his whole body. I used to be able to yes yeah, do his that. whole six foot five two hundred and sixty pound body and and, and 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 it just you know it's like his whole body shaking that was like like having a heart attack one of like, his things like having a heart attack can you still do that or would you pull a muscle um I, it's been a while and if I stood up it would be probably weird it wouldn't be the right camera yeah. angle because I don't yep. have the same stuff yep. you like guys have tased. yep but shaking I like think I can still yeah oh there it is he's shaking like he's getting tased there he is bam got it <laughs> oh, man. I love it, dude. Vasu, man, what, 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 um, what, what things, what, what advice, you know, maybe would you give to someone that's, you know, in our business, there's no way to, to get to where you want to go. I I mean, just in life to get to where you want to go, um, without going through some obstacles and adversities and, you know, I think when 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 people look at you, because that's what we're talking about right now in this podcast is, that, you know, when they look at others. But I'm going to say when people look at you and they see you, you know, uh, uh, with the woman of, of of, you know, what seems to be your dreams, Absolutely. which let's let's just stop there for a minute. Yep. Uh, that's an obstacle. You know, we were, uh, you know, slated to get married months ago. Yep. Yep. You know, you're marrying my girl, Daisy, which, you yep. know, I don't know what put me in the in the you know president of what you're supposed to be doing with your life department but i have always shared with him unsolicited opinions and advice in his life and date life and and i've been super protective with my dude because i know he got good looks he got good swag his heart is 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 as big as your draws i mean he has a huge heart very big Big i mean big time okay it's the best way i can describe it so the the I had to, because he's a loyal cat. So once he's in, he's in. So I'm like, Vasu, you know, I don't want to see you doing this or, you know, you shouldn't, you can't like this one. And, and, and I'm coming into it negative. I'm already coming into it. Like, I don't trust you. You know what I mean? And, and Daisy never, ever gave me that vibe. Not that my opinion matters to to her or not. We got a good relationship, but I just genuinely can say from my heart that, I always had a great vibe about Daisy and and I and I'm actually genuinely excited to to watch you get married and uh we had to bump the thing, you know, back. Why don't you talk about what that's been like mm-hmm. this year in the midst of uh getting married and how how your relationship is and what happened with the COVID-19 with your wedding. Yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, we were, uh, we got engaged in September and we kind of tossed around the idea of doing a, a little bit of a longer engagement or not. And, 
um, you know, we'd both been married before. So we thought, why don't we just kind of move a little bit more quickly because we hope that, you know, God will bless us with the opportunity to have a Amen. family yep. and I'm not getting any younger, you know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 38 years old. And so, uh, you know, we, all this COVID stuff starts happening. Wait, what's that? You look 25. Thank you. I'm working on it. I'm trying to stay. It helps to helps to be with a woman that's ten years younger. You know? Oh, there you go. Uh, but uh, <laughs> keeps me keeps me younger. There you go. You know, but uh, you know. So what? Giovanni's giving that, you the thumbs up back there. He yeah, wants you to he know said, that that's he's great. Great job. He agrees. He's in the same boat. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought that uh, that weddings and stuff were going to get a pass on this yeah. COVID thing, but nothing is. Funerals, not you know, nothing has. So literally the day the CDC announced that there were going to be these restrictions, our wedding planner called us and said, Hey, we're going to have to move the wedding. They haven't told us this yet, but I'm, I'm certain that we're going to have to. And, and sure enough, she was right. And so we have a great wedding planner in Cleveland and she's phenomenal. And uh, she, she basically took care of everything. We had to change the venue. We had to change the date and it was disappointing. And I got, and we were just talking about this last night. What was really disappointing was on the day that the wedding was supposed to happen, May 2nd, we got flowers, edible arrangements, oh, wow. cakes brought to our house, people that were thinking about us. And it, it made us feel so blessed in the midst of a situation that was so you know upsetting in a lot of ways and disappointing to have the friends that we had that cared about us enough to think about us you know, during that time. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're grateful. We're definitely not going to move it again. You know, if October 24th doesn't happen, it is what it is. And we're going to just get married and just have our wedding party there if they can make it. And, you know, just celebrate with a really small group of people. And, you know, just, you know, we got to get things don't if things don't work out and we need to cut, get creative. And that happens if if Jim isn't available, uh -huh. maybe Perm can marry you. Uh -huh. Perm, Perm. Can, you, good can we dress you up in a priest yeah. thing? Would yeah. they fit that around? Oh, yeah. I look good in a suit, buddy. Come on. I believe it. With a, big, it. with a big gold chain with the Jesus piece. Jesus would be right there with you. You know That's what I right. mean? Because, boom, he loves just wearing a big <laughs> Jesus piece. Last couple days of of, of, of being uh, Mr. Vasu by yourself, how does uh, your new wife-to-be, can she wait to be and have your last name, Miss Vasu? How, how is she? You know, how long? Is, is she, she excited? excited? About getting oh, your yeah. last night. Yeah, she's thrilled. Yeah, yeah. Daisy is uh we've had such a great relationship, like Simon said. Um, we don't we really don't argue much. Uh it's very rare. She's like got a very That's uh, one I'm of the things I love about her, you know, yeah. is, is I noticed real quick that yep. she was supportive of the process in, yep. in the grind because yep. your wife can only be in one of two places. And we learned this from, from one of the disciples, Fred Hadaya, in the yeah. game. She could either be on your side or on your back. For real. And, and, and it's very hard to do what's necessary to be successful mm -hmm. if your wife or spouse or significant other is not on your side. And, and so I think she's been pretty supportive, it seems like to me. Yeah, but I think as you get older too, Simon, for me, at least, you know, I've been through a divorce. I've been through mm -hmm. some, you know, kind of rocky relationships and stuff. And what you learn is the person is not bad, but the relationship just didn't work. And so right. you start to think about why didn't it work? So when Daisy and I got together, I kind of gave her this list of here are all the reasons you probably don't want to be in a relationship with me. 
you know, I'm like, I, you know, I got a daughter in Ohio. I go see her every other weekend. I got a good relationship the with list of concerns. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, uh, and she said, I'm good with all that. Actually, all the stuff you're worried about are things that I admire about you. I admire that you go visit your daughter every yeah. other weekend. I love that you got a great relationship with your ex-wife instead of being like this with each other all the time, yeah. but button heads, that would be hell to be in a relationship right. with someone like that. Right. You know? And so all the things that I was concerned with that I thought potentially could cause issues, they were all positives to her. And she's proven over the last couple of years that she was being sincere. Amen. You, you guys look great together. Thank you. For sure. Like the bachelorette. I mean, you guys look great. She, she, she makes sure. me better. She, yeah. she makes me better and she's yeah. tough. Good. You know, yeah. she was a power lifter in, in high school, you know, be careful, be careful. Oh yeah. Careful. I know. She'll I know. Get you she's, down, brother. She was an athlete, power lifter. She, she grew up in Texas. You know, in Texas, one of the things I learned about Texas is that in Texas, especially the guys, they're always ready to kill something. They're, they got guns. They got <laughs> knives on, on them. They got to go hunting, fishing. <laughs> yeah. Every picture they take is with a dead animal, holding up antlers, holding up fish. And, uh, you know, Daisy uh, has a sister. And so when she was growing up, her dad kind of raised her a little bit like a tomboy. So she went hunting and fishing. And, and she's much more outdoorsy than I am, actually. I look like... It's like almost like the traditional gender roles are reversed. You know, she's like the guy almost in a lot of ways. So it's, it's cool to get that and to have that experience. So it makes it really easy for us to get along. And what's her background? Isn't she uh, from Hispanic descent? Yeah. Her, uh, on her, her mom's side, her uh, grandfather's from Mexico. Her, her grandmother was born in Spain and uh, her, her grandfather's uh, actually is a pastor. And so on her dad, her dad's side, though, her dad is, uh, you know, he's makes mostly European, um, but he's got some Native American. And so she's she's a mix of most things, but she's a, she's half Hispanic. Well, gotcha. Like me. Yep. Like me. I'm That's right. But per perm is one and a half Hispanic. So they, they together we make two. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no extra. <laughs> the, 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 you know, as we close out, Mike, you know, if, yep. if you look at if people looked at your life from. The relationship you have with your friends, your family, getting ready to get married to a beautiful woman, nice suits and blazers yes. and, you know, helping a lot of people. You look at your life and it looks like, you know, it's it's all it's all W's, all wins, mm -hmm. all success. And, 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 you know, what advice would you give to someone? And we're all still on the grind. We're always going to be on the grind. Yep. But some, you know, the real grind, bro, like this ain't the, the real grind anymore. You know what I mean? This ain't this ain't us door knocking. These these people are giving Zoom meetings. Okay, right. this ain't us driving three hours away to 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 get to our appointment and staying in in hotels and and for six seven days. And you know this this ain't we're not in the middle of that. Nor is the company right. even like that anymore. But the but the we are not in that type of the process yet. It's still a grind. It's a different grind. It's a you got to take care of yourself mentally. Because there's a lot of stress, but it's not what some people that are going to be the new Vasu and Simon 10 years from today or five years from today. Those people are, are hopefully coming and, and me and you, of course, you know, we just want to give them the game, man. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, just tell them what it takes, what it requires, serve them, help them and try to position them well at this right. point of our life, dog. That's right. And, and but someone's listening to this that's in that process. Yep. And, and they're probably going to go through shit. You know, the, the, the things that no one talks about or sees, they just mm -hmm. see you with a nice red blazer with a nice girl getting ready to get married, driving fast cars. And it yeah. looks like you're just living the dream. <laughs> but I watched oh, you God. get 
beat up. I watched you yeah. go through obstacles. I've watched you go through adversities. I've watched you go through not physical fights, but just, you know, you have to get through battle yeah. here and be war tested in order to really win at the highest levels. And I've watched you battle tested and you've watched me battle tested and right. and the people that are going to make it have to go through battle we can help them with the battle yeah. now you know what i mean it's like having snipers or you know right. we, we we got That's you right. but you have to go through the battle to get to that why don't you help someone or give them some advice you know the 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 times where you've gone through obstacles and valleys you know how have you gotten through those and what suggestions would you give to those people that may be in a valley right now yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. One of the things that I've I've kind of experienced and learned too over the years, Simon, is that you're right. The grind has changed for us in a lot of ways because when you're brand new, you're kind of like it's almost like all day and all night you're just doing all the things you really don't want to do, but you know you have to to get to the next step, right? And I have spent so much time in my career trying to make it easier for the people that have come after us. It's almost like a parent wants life to be a little bit easier for their absolutely. kids, right? Absolutely. And sometimes I wonder if I'm not painting the accurate picture of what it really takes. I wonder if I'm weakening people mm. because I'm not keeping it real with them. There's rules right. to the game. Right. Right. TD Jakes, who I love and I know you do, too, has um, he has a, a, a one of his sermons. He said that God's reward for us overcoming problems are bigger problems. And so. The reality is that it's not about the situation you're in right now, but what God is preparing you for in the future that is so, uh, so important to keep in mind. So been through a lot of challenges. Actually, most of the time, this business and in any business, anything that you do, I mean, you see, uh, you know, I know you like MMA or you see boxers, right? They may box twice a year. They're training the rest of the year. There's yep. no glamour in that. Mm -hmm. There's no glory in the jumping rope and punching the bag and hitting the weight room and hitting the sauna and doing all the things that they have to do to prepare themselves. So game time and celebration time is such a small percentage of the time Truth. that if you fall in love with only being in a good mood and performing when that happens, mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to experience it. Right. Come on. And I think to be, you know, a real adult, a real man, a real woman, a real the type of person that can be an example to other people, complaining is one of the worst things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And I've done my share of complaining, okay? But I try to complain to people that can help me and put me in the right state of mind. You know, if I complained to Simon when we were coming up in the business, mm -hmm. he would immediately flip things around and get me into the right mindset. And so the people you surround yourself with are absolutely, absolutely critical for your success. The more you can do without complaining, like it's early. So what? It's late. So what? I'm working a lot of hours. So what? Are your goals big? Are your dreams big? Do you want to accomplish a lot? It's going to be hard. That's the reality. And where I want to go in my life, easy is not an option. You know, it's going to be hard because at some point in time, my heart's going to stop. I'm going to die. When is that? I don't know. It could be tomorrow. How do I want to go down? You know what I mean? Don't you right. want to go down fighting for Swinging. something? People are like, Swinging. what happens if you die tomorrow and you put in all this work? Then my daughter will know that her dad was a responsible Boom. dad, Amen. that he cared about her, that he cared about the people that were in his business, and that he was willing to make sacrifices to create opportunity for other people. Boom. Because that's what it really comes down to. As time goes on, you know, as you get a little bit older, you get a little bit more experience 
you know, you realize that there's just no price that you could put on being able to change people's lives. And that's what American income's given me. That's what it's given you, Simon, is the opportunity to change people's lives. And I'm not someone that should ever be in that position. You know, I grew up blue collar. We didn't have money growing up. I mean, we went to on vacation when I was growing up uh, and I, look, I, my parents did everything for us. I mean, I would never sacrifice to the extent they did, you know, but we would jump in a, in a minivan and drive 13 hours to Myrtle Beach and get a place across the street from the beach because it was way too expensive to stay on the beach. Mm-hmm. And my mom would bring pots and pans from home and we would go to the grocery store and she'd cook in that condo that we rented for the week across the street from the beach. And, and because who, who's, who can afford to go out to eat all the time, mm-hmm. right? But, but that's the, remembering that and remembering where I came from it's very easy for me to remind myself that I ain't got it that bad. Amen. I'm not digging ditches. I'm not working factory work. My dad would come home, cut up fiberglass all over his body. Perspective. You know, we couldn't get anywhere near him. So I think perspective, having an appreciation for the opportunity, not, not attaching emotion to things. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is controlling the emotions and asking yourself, look, you know, we went through a really challenging time in 2017 and 18 in this business for me, for my agency. And you, you want to know when things got better when instead of saying, well, we had a hurricane or we had this personnel issue or we had these people get promoted. You know what I said? We had these problems and I'm not a good enough leader to handle it yet. And if I was mm. a better leader, responsibility, we be in this position. taking responsibility. When, when you do that, I got to tell you, you want to release the stress. Stop trying to live a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, in your heart, you're just not good enough right now. And that's okay. It is. What are you learning and how are you getting better? What is God preparing you for? And so you have those tough challenges. A lot of people give up. That's the time to mount up. That's the time to take it to the next level. Because once you overcome this, this isn't going to be hard anymore. Now you're going to have bigger challenges, bigger challenges, bigger challenges. And if you want to have a big impact, you're going to have big challenges. Mm-hmm. You can only you can only move forward once you can accept the the reality and you have self awareness. That's that's why you know I, I remember one time I got in trouble as a juvenile and and part of my punishment was I had to do some community service and I had to go to uh, an AA uh, meeting and I had to be a part of so many of 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 them. Um, and w- when I went there, I remember watching in person what we all know now. Is, but I watched it in person and and uh, and they made you stand up and say, you know, hello, my name is Simon and and, uh, and I'm an alcoholic. And yeah. and because that's that's I want you not to put you down, not to make you feel like crap about yourself, right. but to just say for right now, right. let's at least accept right. what's what's real. You know right. what I mean? Where, right. where are you really at? That's just right. like in jujitsu, I'm a brown belt right now. That's just reality of where I'm at. It's 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 good in some cases, but I'm not good enough to be a black belt. Right. I don't deserve that. I'm right. not there yet. We're gonna we still have a lot of work to do, buddy. But if you put the work in, you can be there too, just like these other normal people that have that black belt. And, and so what you're saying is it's just be accepting of what belt that you're wearing at at that current time. That's the only way to improve and get better is to realize it's not that jujitsu doesn't work. It's not, it's just that you're at this level right now. You need to be at this level and to be at that level. It takes a lot of non glorious Mm -hmm. hours put in in sweat equity in injury recovery in injury prevention. When, when no one's watching in order to, when when 
everybody is watching. That's 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 what you're saying. So you got to keep it real, real and accept on yourself that yeah. the the greater you want to be to help others, serve others, do more, produce more, the more problems you're going to have. That's why notorious B.I.G. said mm -hmm. more money, more problems. Oh, okay, right. you have to handle those problems, and sometimes they're different problems and bigger problems with more on the line. And, 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 and if you can handle those, then you graduate and go to the next level. And until you are prepared to handle those and you just make excuses, you never get to get promoted to the next to the next level is, is, is what he's trying to say and what we're trying to say. And, and if you really look at it in perspective to what you do understand in life, even if you don't yet understand business, you understand basketball, you understand right. something mm -hmm. and you ain't going to find nobody that got great at anything. Even if it's breakdancing mm -hmm. without putting in a lot of work and having yep. some bumps and bruises and, and doing what other people don't want to do. Mike, I just want to thank you for for joining us on the Grindcast. I want to thank you even more for being an unbelievable man and friend to me. I'm blessed to, to be in your life, really. Anybody that has you in their life is blessed to have you as a Amen. part of their life. You know, I, I, I always say, and I'll just continue to say, the biggest compliment that I think you could pay a man is to say that that you're such a good person. I want for my daughter to marry somebody like you. That, that's true. 100. I mean, I, I don't let my daughter go. I mean, Maya, I, I mean, yeah. dudes ain't even, no one's ever been to my house yet. And I'm inviting people that want to, you know, possibly take her on a date. She's 18. That if you can come to me and show me love and respect and and let me see look in your eyeballs and see what's in your heart and you feel me for a minute then i will be cool with and support maya can go ahead and, and step out with you for a second mm. and and see how you do with that that's i can when when sienna's that age it's not going to be any easier so murder for me to say that you would be someone that i i hope my daughter yeah. meets someone like you yeah for sure is is about the biggest compliment that i can pay to somebody and all of us have daughters so right. you know exactly what i'm trying to put mm -hmm. into words and that's why i use it that way that's how good of a dude absolutely in person that you are in 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 anytime i need anything with the youth program whether you had it or you didn't have it yeah. as much as you always had it regardless of where you were at and you always were there to support and, and, and help Boom. uh no matter no matter what. And those are the things that people don't see and, and, and don't know. And I'm just uh, so grateful to have you in in my life. And I'm so proud of you for what you uh, have accomplished so far. And you know that we're just really getting started in this game. So I'm, I'm excited. Boom. Lord willing, if we get blessed with the second half at AIO, I think me and you are just going into the locker room right now to warm up to come out for the second half of our AIO career right now. Yeah. And uh, we about to storm the field, brother. So uh, thank you, Vasu. Let's, uh, hey, hey, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grindcast. Share this. Get ready. It's a new day. Boom. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try and told, told him I'm a beast, bud.